0: Hey, Paul. Yeah, Jonathan. Happy New Year, man.
1: Thank you. It's the new year already.
0: Yeah. T- 2021. This is our first episode of The Measure of an Episode this year. Oh, it doesn't feel like it. It still feels like we're back in 2020 for some reason. I know. Well, just because this, this year is going to keep dragging on mm-hmm. and on. And we're in this weird quantum time where what Perpetual. people hear is not when we're talking. <laughs> yeah, the people might catch on. This isn't a live show. <laughs> this, or have they- they're hearing it in the future. This is us from the past. In a way, we're time traveling. We're speaking to the future. And unfortunately, that's just a non sequitur because this episode does not have time travel in any way. But as you know, uh, I already said that, um, it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek and not just 90s action TV shows like Power Rangers. Nice. Yeah. I'm Jonathan, which I already said. or Paul, And I'm
1: Paul. I don't think you said this is the measure
0: of an episode, have you? I did. Yeah. You did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's redo it just in case. So, Paul, what uh, how do we how do we gauge this? What do we do? Tell me. This is my first time here. Well, Jonathan, the criteria by which we judge these episodes, there are 3 of them.
1: Number 1, there are. The first criteria, is there science fiction inside of the episode? <laughs> is there any kind of expression by the characters or in the plot? Is there uh, is there oh, I'm so bad at this. What did you say last time?
0: You said Inexorgably linked.
1: Number two, is the science fiction, is this expression of the science fiction novel in some way? Is there a new take? Number three, is there a some sort of conundrum of morality uh within the episode, either by a character or during the plot line?
0: And so for this week, we decided to we didn't decide. The the random generator <laughs> picked for us proving ground, which I just is I do
1: feel like this is our first episode <laughs> a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: Well, we're just starting the new year off totally, like, fumbling. We're right. <laughs> That's a good point. We haven't been doing this for a this, this while. Is very, right, right. Um, it's, you know, it's our first episode this year. Cut us some slack. This is – every episode we've done has been like this this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so we did episode 13 of season three of Enterprise, Proving Ground, where it says, The Enterprise crew has found the location of the testing site for the Zindi weapon and gets some rather unexpected help. And the unexpected help is in the thumbnail, but yeah.
1: So right off the bat, yeah, Yoon makes a visit. Yes, uh, the recap. So I was wondering if we had run into another problem where this was a two-parter that we're coming in on the second episode.
0: I was going to uh, say this is the recap you thought was what was on DS nine. Yes, DS9. yes.
1: Yeah. and this was just a, probably a very normal occurrence for Enterprise because they have such for a sure. serialized uh, mm-hmm. narrative. So, but I I feel like this is going to be. Uh, sort of a crisis for us because as we get especially in the third season which we seem to be hitting quite a bit (laughs) uh, i I don't know why i I feel like we're going to start getting into this thing where we just don't know what's going on most of the time because (laughs) in this episode there's like this round table this this star wars prequel-esque round table of aliens yelling at each other (laughs) waiting for a giant orb to be built that can destroy a planet is this starting to sound familiar to you? And I, I it was like I was like, what's oh. going on? Do we just come across these people, uh, or do we know the backgrounds of all like the giant ant that is the only right. o- is the only being that doesn't know how to speak English? Well, it's the only one, he, to,
0: yeah, who doesn't have a communicator attached to himself, right? Translated. Or the, there we go. I guess the whales don't either.
1: There are these oh, these,
0: these whales things, which was kind of cool. Again, did he, Did yeah. you get a prequel vibe from this? At all? I didn't until you said that, but yes, yeah. I absolutely do. Um, no, weird. that's what I was saying. Like I got, I got like late 90s extreme teen rebellion, like space fighting shows from the, from those round tables because it kept going back to them of like, oh, why isn't our plan working?
1: <laughs> and they give you the impression that they're just – they were always sitting at this table and not doing other things, <laughs> just waiting for something to happen.
0: Well, until like near the end when they did say, you know, why did you call us back here? Or yeah, like kind of maybe not near the end, about halfway through. You know, There's said, no bathrooms you anywhere. <laughs>
1: right? We can't stay for long.
0: <laughs> I have a lunch meeting. Um,
1: yeah, don't they have other things to do?
0: <laughs> well, they kind of did say that. No, the the thing that I didn't understand, and it's it's kind of the thing that I I never understand with these things is they're they're putting this plan together, and yes, they had a deadline in place, but you know they're they're getting mad that it's not happening but the people who are making it kind of hold all the power you know it's it's ready when it's ready what are you going to do if this doesn't work like right. are you you know are you like fine i'll kill him myself or like we're we're creating the weapon you need to do it so it'll be ready when it's ready exactly
1: i know every video game that's come out has never met its deadline and you're worried that this giant planet killer isn't coming out on time <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah so, were you disappointed after this recap because it had such a a sprint to it? The pacing was so fast, and then you you jump into the episode after after this very action packed recap, and then it just kind of grinds to a halt a bit.
0: I, I, I was no. very disappointed. I, I I expect that with any kind of recap, especially if it's going to be a series recap. They're giving you the absolute meat and potatoes, which is always going to be the exciting stuff. And so to come in and just kind of, like, establish the characters and what's happening in their lives at that point, like, I, I – that does not surprise me at all. Um, you know, unless unless it is – and now the conclusion or something like that where there is actually something – you know, there, we're jumping into the middle of something. This is just the next chapter in the story. So I did not – I didn't, think, you know, feel it, feel it jarring or out of the ordinary.
1: I don't know if this is the first time in the show, but this was my first time. In any show, getting a very strong glimpse as to what the Andorians are. And I, I love their ship. I love their bridge. I love there's a couple shots where Wei is sitting in his, in his ready room and something happens and it's and they follow him from his ready room out to the bridge. And it's like a small ship, but it was obviously built to, to be a cohesive set. And so the the camera follows them out to the bridge and the and the scene continues. And it was just really neat to see how they designed the the tech and the layout and everything kind of follows their blue skin kind of thing. Even though when they have a close up, you can obviously see that it's makeup. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. obviously makeup. But mm-hmm. and another cool thing, a couple of cool things, the antenna. Let's talk about the antenna for a second. So sure. those were obviously CG antenna. No. And, they, yeah, they had to have been. They had to no. have been CG. They must have been. Here. They're and not. Here's my here's my proof. So there's a scene where Weyoun... I keep saying Weyoun. Maybe we should say Pete Pill is not actually Wei-Yun, Um Even though he's playing the exact same character as Weyoun. Like, it's the exact right, always, same yeah. guy. That guy, whatever that guy's name is. General... <laughs> Shran. Tron? Shran.
0: <laughs> we'll go with Tron. G- yep.
1: General Tron. So he, he's walking under, like, a, a metal bulkhead. And the The antenna go flat back against his head and then pop back up when they when he clears the bulkhead. And I was thinking to myself, that
0: would be really hard to do makeup-wise. I, I don't think, are they really not CG? I mean, in that particular scene, they may have been CG just because they couldn't lay them down that flat. But no, they're, the, the movement on them is very much, um, it's it's practical.
1: Oh, so the, it is makeup for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm so disappointed. It, why? Sorry. Because I wanted them to be like, because it was such a, it it looked so good, and I was thinking to myself, how would they have done this? Because they're walking around and stuff, unless they're controlling it themselves. I don't know. It it seemed like it would have been a pain in the ass to do it practically, but that's great. That's great that it's practical. But I was thinking to myself, what a compliment to the CG artists that made it look. It even kind of looked jerky, and I was like, well, that's because it's practical, (laughs) not because it's some genius CG for the for the I guess two thousand and one or so. Right, right. But, oh, so it was practical. Well, That's, that's yes. at the same time, disappointing and optimistic, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, that's disappointing. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but darn it. Um, but anyway, I just liked the Andorians. I thought it was cool. Okay, so Trip and Reed talk. And they, they go, they're, I guess they're in the galley getting some coffee. Mm-hmm. And once again, there is this writing trope where it's like, I need some coffee immediately. I need as much caffeine as possible so I can get back to work because I'm a hard worker. Can we please dispense with this trope, with this coffee conversation that, that happens all the time, at least in this show, especially in Voyager for some reason, it's like you live in the future. Can't you just get caffeine injections and call it a day? Like if that's really why, you're, <laughs> why is that why you're drinking this coffee? Like, why do we have to talk about it all the time?
0: That would be amazing. I mean, there you know there definitely is something to the actual. It's like Picard's tea. You know, it's just nice to actually take that moment for yourself and just enjoy the drink and be in the moment. Uh, but yeah, that would be amazing if they just had uh, caffeine injections, like yeah, they just
1: like a hypo spray that they self. Yeah, a hypo spray.
0: With. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I feel like Picard's
1: tea is different because he's all he does is order it. He doesn't talk about how he needs it and how he can't operate without because he's been up all day. And all night so he's gonna need he needs as much caffeine as he can get he just sits there as, sits there and drinks it right he doesn't talk he just or the only time we hear hear about earl gray or tea is when he orders it from the whatever what's it called the replicator the replicator <laughs> brilliant it's a great show i mean i know that the coffee thing comes back when they start talking to the 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 lady and dorian but i'm just so tired of it just I'm, there's there's better ways people can have conversations although i will say that there are people who talk about coffee all the time. How they right. It.
0: The the thing that actually bothered me was, you know, we're we're now 3 years into their mission. Um at least I, I don't remember if there was any more time like between seasons that we we didn't see, but uh and Trip, you know, says to him, "Do you do you want your do you want your tea?" You know, and he's like, "No, I don't have time for crumpets either. Like we we know you're British." <laughs> and you guys have been working together for so long. Like how old would that joke be? by now and how offended should Reed be at this point right (laughs) that's seriously all you think of me (laughs) Um, well and the the other thing too about that scene so they're having their they're having their drinks and they're just kind of casually talking about the andorians then the andorian comes in looking for Reed, and you know and she's like she's like oh hey part-time um and and he gets like really pissed and I I don't know if it was because of that comment or if it was because he just has a thing I mean it's got to be because he's got a thing against the Andorians being there the the fact that you know he said like I don't I don't trust them being near all of our tactical stuff but they he has that standoff moment with her and then she's standing there later and they do that callback like you said you know do you want me to get you anything maybe some coffee and he's like that'd be great and then she storms off and that's when he calls her back you know and he's like "I I may have been a bit rude it was like you this moment was not earned. No, no, yeah, yeah. I agree. Totally like, agree. He he was he should have been relieved that she was gone, and then had like a talking to by Archer. And Archer would be like, you know, come sit on my lap, talk to me, son. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: and also this is an advanced race of aliens, and I I would think that you would set aside any differences you might have about these people where. You could potentially learn something that would greatly benefit you, right. and that's that's why people put up with crappy teachers is because they happen to be good at what they do. Our teachers is a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like if they yeah their boss, if their boss is terrible, but they happen to be great at their job, you you put up with it to learn something new. And this idea that they're just going to have this pretty superficial kind of just antagonistic thing where nothing is said back and forth and just kind of gets boring after a while. It seemed very short sighted. Granted, she was not she, she, you know, she kind of got the crap job because she was, you know, training to her how it felt Probably training apes how to fire a weapon. But I don't know. It it felt like and there was nothing new about this particular exchange. Like, how many times have we seen this exchange where two characters don't like each other, but they realize they have things in common? And by the end, darn it, they're sharing a cup of coffee with each other. Right.
0: Which, by the way, doesn't happen.
1: There should have been a scene where they cut back a couple iterations over this, and they're both drinking coffee. She's like, mm, "This is good. You're
0: right." I don't, you know,
1: because she disparages it earlier. Like, what is right. that you're drinking? Yeah,
0: there should have been a nice payoff to that. Yeah, and there wasn't. Um, and I mean, again, being being a little bit more serial, that may come up later on. But I, I don't know. So, just speaking about the serial aspect of things, do you feel like it's a better payoff to have it way down, like have something? call like just referenced now like it'd be nice to have a coffee with you sometime and then like five episodes later they are in fact having a cup of coffee do you like do you feel like it was a good hold back to like have it have it be earned at that point or do you feel like it should be contained within the episode where they do have that moment and on the um 10 forward whatever it's called
1: i think it depends on their interactions in those episodes i don't think you could have her be gone for five episodes and then come back and all of a sudden they're friends and they're drinking you stole me that coffee Right, right yeah I, I think that – I mean it might be funny if you see her – if we see her even if she's not interacting with, with Reed that she's drinking coffee because she – it's this new thing that she – that you know, some ape taught me about. That would be funny. <laughs> right. Uh, uh <laughs> But I think I think it does it does depend. I mean, you'd have to okay. have them interacting all the time. I mean, what would you what would you rather have?
0: I don't know. I was I was just thinking about it. Like to to watch something in order to have something called back uh several episodes later. I think is a really nice touch, but you're right. Like if it isn't, you know, if they see each other and it's just, "Hey, let's have that coffee that we talked about 5 episodes ago." Like <laughs> yeah. then Were <Who> you? <laughs> right. Or actually, I wonder if when they see each other again because of how this episode ended, I wonder if there will be animosity. All over again, so it's just. Oh, there would have cent. to be because they totally
1: yeah. betrayed. Not only did just the captain betray, but but so did the Lady Andoran, whose name I can't right. remember.
0: Yeah. Talus. Uh, Doctor Flox is not in this episode at all.
1: You know, it's funny. I actually thought that the people who were who were working on the weapon were what is it, Talaxians? No, that's yeah. What is yeah, he? Talaxians.
0: Yeah, no, he's Talaxians.
1: Neelix is an is a, a Talaxian. Doctor Flox is not a Talaxian. Oh. Tar- Targaryen. Oh. No, Is that's it? a character that's a character in Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. We whatever his they're race. extinct anyway. His race. But... Yeah, his race. They were they were long assimilated by the board, long time ago. So I I thought that his race was, was the race. Denobulin. there you go. I thought that his race were the ones that were building the weapon. Because they kind of had the same mm, shape. But right? it's not. It's it's obviously not. It's a different yeah. head arrangement. Right. right. It was interesting to hear one of the aliens talk about how you humanoids always think. Uh, you humanoids are all the same. You think in this specific way. And he right. himself was, I guess, not a humanoid, but he kind of was a humanoid. He just didn't have an ape face. Right. So I don't know if that was just lazy writing or if they have they have some sort of distinction between Races that look
0: like insects and races that look like apes. I mean, I guess the so the thing for me was like this. This was a proper Star Trek episode. It was a pretty good Star Trek episode, but like because it was just in the middle of an overall story, there's there's not really a whole lot to say. Like it was there was there was the betrayal, which I felt was kind of good. Like how it was handled. Um, You know, Sean Sean was basically like saying, you know, what you don't trust me, and then he's like, yeah, you were right not to trust me
1: there are a few things like, like for example, the chip and to relationship where they, mm-hmm. there's, there's more non information given about their relationship in some way. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I thought you were ignoring me. he's like, why would you mm-hmm. think that? And that's it. Like, right. Did they have a relationship. <laughs> have they not had one yet? <laughs> It's impossible. <laughs> it, we, we'll never know. it will never have. There'll never be a single episode where they actually are together and have been together.
0: It'll either be they did or they didn't. Yeah. Like, they have <laughs> been, maybe, or they're about to. Maybe. That'd be so fascinating. Just in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a show anywhere, like where where the the relationship happened off screen. So the awkwardness, you know, is because they like each other and they haven't done anything yet. And the awkwardness because they did stuff and now they're not talking about it.
1: Which is kind of related to how Riker and Troy, their relationship was off-screen, and they frankly never really talk about it. They right. they it's always alluded to, and they never hook up in the show. It's just always this this kind of ethereal relationship hmm. that has been right, but it's never it's never right. it's never kind of antagonistic though. They don't have the Princess Leia Han Solo thing going on, right? Uh, no. They, it's just kind of this, everything is on pause.
0: Yeah, like there's still a lot of affection between them and they still, yeah, they still care about each other, but neither of them is interested in dating the other one at yeah, this time. maybe they,
1: they have this professional thing, <laughs> although I'm going to call BS on that with Riker because he has sex with every other female on the ship except Troy. There's one science fiction-y thing that I thought was very interesting that kind of just, it rushes by if you're not looking for it. And so okay. when, when they're talking to people on a display screen, it, this happens a couple of times, they imply that the, the screen is somehow three-dimensional because in TNG, yes. the characters mm-hmm. are looking directly at the camera. And so no matter where you are in the room, it looks like they're looking at you. Right. Whereas the way they shot it in this, the camera, it's almost like they're in the room where the camera is off to the right or off to the left. And it looks like mm-hmm. the person on the screen is looking directly at the subject in the room. And so yeah. they're not... so practically the the actor is not looking directly into the camera they're looking just to the left or just to the right of it and that implies some sort of tech where it's like three dimensional where you can see right. different people in in the space of a three dimensional space i don't i don't know how that would work but it was well yeah was and I, cool. I was not a fan of it it
0: just oh i was not a fan <laughs> um no it I, didn't look it, good it didn't look good okay the, so um, you liked the idea of it you just didn't like the presentation of it yeah
1: yeah the premise okay. was cool for me <clears throat> they didn't pull it off i mean it would have been better if it was sort of a wrap around screen, that mm, kind of thing, mm-hmm. where I, I don't mm-hmm. know, they just didn't. It just looked like they, their their head was in the right place. Let's put it that way. Right? Did you feel like Wei Yun or that guy Jeffrey Tron. Combs? I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. He's playing Wei Like he even makes the same facial expressions. Well, like, no, when he's, he's not really because like, smug.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, definitely with the smug parts, but Wei Yun is much more innocent. Wei does not have the the aggressive overtones that Tron did. I don't know Wei Yun well enough to be honest, but it just seemed like on the on
1: the surface he feels like he's he's got the same bag of tricks as Eck.
0: That- oh yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I I mean he it's definitely the same intonations. Um he's a little bit gra- more gravelly with Shran um or Shran depending on who's saying it. Um but he no, he's he's a lot more he's a lot more aggressive uh and a lot more a lot angrier. Um Wei Yun like I said, he, he has an innocence about him, but he also – he doesn't care about the enemy at all. You know, just thinking about that that episode where Yun ordered, like, the, the murder of several people, and he calls in Kira, and he's just asking her about the, the art that Goldicott's daughter did, you know, and he's like, I just – I don't see how this is art. Like, I don't understand why you would put this up anywhere.
1: See, I felt that he was. I mean, maybe this is a good, a different, a good difference, but that he was manipulating her. Everything is a manipulation with that kind of stuff that he, he has a ulterior motive with everything that he does that in some way um, accomplishes his goal or benefits him in some way. Oh, maybe I don't know if- yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. God, I need to see. But that's always how Way he always Wayun when he would be really super saccharine nice to people, you mm-hmm. always felt like, Oh, he's a step away from executing you if you said the wrong <laughs> thing. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I can see it. I can see yeah. it.
1: But I don't know. Again, we have to watch more. We've only seen I think six point eight percent of
0: the episodes of DS nine, something like that. Of DS nine? Oh, DS9? oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's about right. I mean we're at like six point eight percent of all the series, so that would be about right. Yeah. Oh,
1: no, I was wrong. 6.82%. I'm sorry. uh,
0: Man, good calculations. Yeah, I know. That was really fast math.
1: So there's a space battle at the end. Quasi-space battle.
0: Yeah. I was like, is there? (laughs) (laughs) There's a scene where two Zindi ships fire on Enterprise. Enterprise fires back, and the Zindi ships fly away. Now, they fly away with purpose. Like, they're not just, oh, she's too strong. But it was that that's the extent of the battle. Okay, please continue. With purpose. It's like
1: I think we should go that way. Okay, let's go. <laughs> With so, good reason? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's better. Uh uh what was I saying? Oh, okay. So they actually didn't say this word, but this happens a lot in Star Trek where there is an imminent battle and somebody says evasive maneuvers. Oh they did. And oh they did say it? Okay. Yeah, so. she said
0: evasive maneuvers, Meriwether.
1: Okay, so that really doesn't make any sense. So when I, when I hear evasive maneuvers, that to me that means fly in a way that is unpredictable so their weapons cannot hit us easily or that their weapons cannot lock onto us easily and so therefore we're minimizing our damage. With spaceships, I don't know what good it would do to fly around randomly when they're battling ships that, ha- that have om- omnidirectional weapons.
0: right. So honestly, here's here's what I think, kind of like in on the sea where ships turn themselves to be facing their enemies um, until they actually have to strike and then they turn themselves sideways. So the cannons are facing. They're doing the same thing. They're basically pointing the nose at the enemy so they have as little surface as possible to fire at and then they fly by quickly so they don't have the broader surface to hit for long periods of time. And then they turn themselves back around and face the ship again. So they can only see like the nose and, and the neck and just, you know, kind of the, the front of the the hull rather than the whole broadside where they have, you know, they can basically like shooting fish in a barrel.
1: I, I, I guess that makes sense practically. But when we're dealing with ships that have weapons on all sides of the ship and so they could effectively turn their ship vertically and so then... counteracting any kind of what you said, minimizing the outline or the, the, the profile of the ship. Also, these are all computer controlled phasers and stuff there's no, there's no, I mean, in a way, I, I suppose one aspect of this would be like, we want to evenly distribute their weapons fire on all of the ship. So they don't, um, they don't wear out our shields in one specific section that, that makes sense. But that's not really what evasive maneuvers means. Maybe that's just the, right. the tagline to a uh, uh, catch all.
0: Well, but OK, so picture like picture your hand with your middle finger pointing towards your like picture your left hand with your middle finger pointing. Hey, your right shoulder. back to you, buddy.
1: OK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then your right hand turned like vertically. So there, you have your middle fingers pointing towards each other. But as long as you're facing this way, neither hand can get to the palm of the other hand. Like they have to fly next to them to actually get the the, the body of the ship.
1: Yeah. I mean maybe they're protecting – There are obviously there are uh, more delicate sections of the ship that shouldn't be hit, and maybe that's what they're doing. Because, again, they're, they're omnidirectional uh, weapons. It doesn't matter what configuration the ships are in. There's going to be a weapon position that can hit you.
0: But it's what area of the ship they're going to hit.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean and but then, then it kind of – yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no we can be done. And then what? Oh. The episode ends. And that's the, end of the episode. <laughs> so the episode ends with a little bit of a, a tag, and I don't. I wonder if it ever gets resolved. Where they got the the plans from the Andorian ship. Oh, we missed all that part. Um. So the the Andorians. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but the Andorians did turn on the humans. That's why, like, the humans were all worried because the Andorians were. Not the most trustworthy, and they were worried about having them there, seeing all their tactical information and all that kind of thing. It turns out the Andorians weren't really interested in the tactical information, but they really wanted the Zindi weapon. And so they, uh, the Andorians take the Zindi weapon, and Archer manages to get close to them with the Enterprise, and then says they downloaded the passcodes to activate the weapon to self-destruct. I guess, was that the point? Um, Because I thought it was I thought it was a laser. I didn't really. Yeah. Okay. So the idea was to make it it blow up. Yeah. Right. And so Archer does this and and the the Andorians ship, they they eject it in time to save their ship, but they are still pretty badly damaged. And I thought that the Andorians actually would swallow their pride and take the help um, in the same way that the humans did from the Andorians. They didn't. (laughs) Yeah um and then there there was that moment where even after they left you know to T'Pol, paul <laughs> to paul's like they they sent this uh they sent this secret message filtered through subspace frequency um and you know um i guess it was kind of a it doesn't matter if they get it or not but it seemed kind of weird that like it, they were like well i hope they get this because like if they if they weren't searching for it like what what made them think to search for it and why didn't anybody You know, if it it was that easy to randomly detect, then why didn't anybody detect it on the submission?
1: I mean, this is the thing is that the mechanics of all of this subspace stuff, which and they have to keep it vague. Otherwise, it would just we'd be able to shoot holes in it constantly. Right. And I think that it was just a, a, a method by which to have the Andorians kind of redeem themselves in a certain way or to at least have Captain. What did we say? Tron. <laughs> Captain yeah, Tron, Captain Tron redeem himself <laughs> and 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 forward this this plot
0: that's happening with the Zindi and the the Death Star. The Death Tickles. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Death Tickles. The the Sphere of Fear. Yeah. Well, and so so anyway, so they they submit this this subspace message that has the scans of the the weapon. And they just kind of like they're like I wonder who sent that. And that's where the episode ends. So I wonder <laughs> if sometime in the next 13 years we will get to the episode where that is revealed or if it's just not revealed ever and they just have some random guardian angel or maybe it's Talus, you know, she's like, "Hey, did you get my message? Why don't we enjoy it? Why don't we talk about it over a nice cup of coffee?"
1: <laughs> that would be funny. Uh if they if they she put in like some sex, sexting in the uh <laughs> Wait, there's the two generation. of them
0: side by side.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I, li- I actually kind of liked it. I liked that he just wasn't evil. And it just wasn't a, a giant betrayal, uh, and I liked that that it's it's not a perfect relationship. It's kind of like with the Vulcans, I guess, but it's mm-hmm. not like the the relationship between the Andorians and the humans is is complicated,
0: and I like right. that. That's yeah,
1: for me, that's kind of part of why I believe this is a Star Trek, a proper Star Trek episode. Uh, that and kind of the the novelty of the the communication device that they talk through, the telephone that they use, the, the the FaceTime when they FaceTime each other, that kind of stuff, everything felt very procedural to me, which is certainly an element of science fiction.
0: Um, yeah, and I agree with all that. I think I that's, think like I said, I think that this was a... I, I liked this episode overall. I think it was a proper Star Trek episode. I think it was a good episode. It was just because it was just a single chapter in the overall story, I felt like they 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 solved a very small problem. And so there wasn't really a whole lot to analyze or dissect or discuss.
1: And this is kind of how I would want any show to be produced is it's a super long movie that we just cut in to.
0: Right. Being able to kind of see these like as a standalone episode. It, can you jump into it and know what's going on? And I think you definitely need that recap. But I, this this one you could.
1: Honestly, with this one, I don't know if we necessarily needed the recap. Everything that we were seeing was was on the screen, in, in the sense of the plot, we didn't really. I mean, I guess if we wanted to cont- to really know what was going on, any kind of relationship stuff like to Paul and and Trip. <laughs> uh,
0: there was the whole Lick moment too, where in the recap they showed you know this guy, which I I mean I guess you really didn't need to know, other than it shows that it wasn't just a Deus Ex Machina, you know. Well, um,
1: even that he just says. Uh, that guy, you know, he he came through. That's all we needed. Right. That's all we in order to just know what was going on. It's not like we needed this giant background of everything that had happened. It, it may have made it a little bit better for people who knew what was going on. But in terms of understanding the plot, it was fine.
0: Right. But if you if this was a standalone episode and, you know, like they there wasn't that previous episode with Gray, like that they were able to show, it would have very, very much felt like just plot armor and plot convenience. You know, horrible writing. That there was this guy we ran into, which you've never seen oh, yeah, before. That's true.
1: He <laughs> came through. Yeah, it would feel a little convenient, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: sort of like the keys in Bill and Ted's.
0: At the no, end, where- no, yeah. that's not. <sighs> yes, it it's is not like that. Okay, so okay, yeah, this was our most riveting episode this year.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we're rusty.
0: We've got to get back into the swing of things.
1: I know. We haven't recorded in, in such a long time. All right, what are we watching next? TNG, Who Watches
0: the Watchers? Season three, episode four. This is a nice Yeah. Wow, it feels very much like a TOS episode. The blurb. A
1: proto-Vulcan culture worships Captain Picard as if he were a god, and they prepare to offer a sacrifice in his honor. Not how I remembered this episode, but it is a great episode. It's sort of a proto-insurrection.